the greatest transfer of wealth is happening right now. And if the black community doesn't do something, we will miss out on all of it. We are set to hit, I think, zero dollars in like 2050 in terms of black people as a whole of our net worth. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another edition of Dads on Purpose, the podcast. I'm your host, Josh Ashford. And as always, as always, got the big homie KB, Mr. Kevin Bergantz. What up, bro? What up, family? I got my mic. What's up? We back. We back. I got a whole setup. You see my background is back. I'm ready. I'm excited. You can hear my check. One, two, one, two. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I'm gonna shut this whole. I'm I'm a quit. Like I'm quitting today. I'm done. Um, man, Savon, guest, fantastic. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, uh Savon Esquire. Don't, yes. I don't want to get in trouble. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm glad. Look, last episode, Kev, Kev was in an alternative location and uh, he forgot his mic, so he uh-huh. had to. He he had to do the episode with some earbuds, and it just wasn't. Uh, it wasn't working. It wasn't Chris. It wasn't. Got it. Got it. I don't. But we here, anyways. How? Well, look. How do you introduce yourself? I mean, do you actually tell people just like, "Hey, I'm an attorney," or do like, do you pull that card out once? You know what I'm saying? Um, I try not to tell people I'm an attorney. Mm. Um, Why not? Just let interactions go how they go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I wonder, but like, so I again, I don't know nothing. About oh. you know what? Hold on, let's backtrack. Don't say that. Please introduce yourself. Sure, I am. My name is Savan. I am an attorney, since that's the topic for tonight. I'm an estate planning attorney, and I also practice in the area of social security disability law. I reside in North Carolina with my husband and four children, and I also teach part time. You teach? Yes, at the university level at North Carolina Central University and at North Carolina A and T University. All right. What you teaching? Uh, in criminal justice. Okay. Okay. So, um, we we didn't talk about this beforehand, but like one of the requirements is for you to share this podcast with your class. So, okay. yeah, <laughs> that's, that's all I got. I don't. <laughs> but okay. So okay. So you 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 practice wills, trusts, uh, things like that. Yeah. First question, because I got a lot of questions, and okay. I'm gonna try to let Kev get in here. Because okay. Kev, you don't get in there. I swear, I'm, I'm gonna just fire these questions. No, I'm just kidding. Um, how did you get into that field? Because I know there's so many different fields. Like, you know, what I'm saying, like when you go to law school and things like that. And I got friends that became non-profit attorneys, and then it was like, yo, that was a mistake because I got no money. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like people think about lawyers, they be like, oh, you you rolling in the dough? No. <laughs> um. You know, I'll say this, the legal profession, the legal education gives you an opportunity to excel in almost any profession. So it doesn't hurt to have a legal background, whether you're practicing or you're not practicing. Unfortunately, a lot of people, I won't say unfortunately, but a lot of people who uh, pursue law are actually people who I know that pursue law are people who have big hearts and who are compassionate. And those are the areas of law that don't pay well. I mean, uh, a lot of the community service oriented laws, public defenders, 
I mean, are making thirty, forty thousand dollars a year, and you know they are, and there's nothing wrong with those salaries. But when you have that kind of student loan debt and an expectation of having a higher income, that's where a lot of the frustration uh, comes into play because those areas are not funded as well as big, big law or um, you know some other legal opportunity. So I think that's where the misconception comes from. Now, the reality is though, the earning potential is still there and it's always there. So it's just a matter of if uh, that person wants to tap into it or not. And some people are so beat down and weary by the legal profession that they don't, they may not ever have the opportunity to tap into the earning potential uh, that they might be able to experience. I'm like, cause I, I need you to expand on that because one, you said people, and this, look, I'm hood sometimes. <laughs> like you said, People that you know go into it have, are compassionate and things like that. And then you said public defenders. And I'm like, I know some public defenders. Okay. And and I'm just like, that's not typically the the rap that they get, right? I mean, yeah. so I'm like, huh? And I know that's not your <laughs> expertise. So I, I'm just wondering how you correlate the two, but you would have more of an idea because you are in the field. And I just know dudes that's represented by public defenders, and that's a whole different other story. So <laughs> Yes, actually, public defenders get a bad rap. In most public defenders' office, you will find some of the most compassionate people in the field. But like social workers, a lot of them are overworked. They might be understaffed. And they do a job that is oftentimes not appreciated. Um, They do a job where uh, a client... Now, you have people who are not not performing at their highest level in any profession. So that's, that's a given. But a lot of the public defenders that I know work really hard uh, for their clients Mm -hmm. and they're doing the best that they can in the constraints of the profession. And people love love saying my public defender made me do this and my public defender made me settle or whatever the case is. And then when you look at the facts of the (laughs) And when you just dig a little deeper, you see, I, that look, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, there's always, you know what I'm saying? The your truth, my truth, and then there's the truth, whatever the saying is. I don't know. I'm not good at sayings, but you know what I mean? Like, it, there's always three sides to the story. And I'm like 100% sure like, that's the case because <laughs> I'm going to just keep it real. Like, I really don't believe anybody. So, <laughs> like, well, I, I'm coming from a place where I can speak. Um, I actually have a lot of knowledge about this because I'm married to a former public defender who, who, mm. who was Boy, a former. Why did he stop? Uh, he got another opportunity. He still does public interest law, but um, he actually still does indigent defense, which means represent people who are low income. He just does yeah. it in a different capacity. That's good. I'm so glad she explained that. (laughs) Bruh, I got a marketing degree. (laughs) Defenders are indigent. They work in the field of indigent defense. People who don't have the means, uh, typically vulnerable populations. So Mm -hmm. I know that in his time there, he lost sleep over trials. He worked very hard. He got cursed out by clients regularly on a day. Uh, he had people ask him, "Are you even a real attorney?" But wow. every, you know, what every, and uh, the reality is with public defenders is you have people, and again, be given there's bad apples, but yeah, you have yeah. people who work in the courthouse every day, right? 
they know the temperament of prosecutors very well. They know the temperament of judges very well because they work in the courthouse every day. And a lot of people, and again, I'm speaking very generally, think, oh, I'm going to hire an outside attorney uh, because I'm paying for it. So there's Mm -hmm. this thought that I'm paying for something. So it's worth more. And these people don't work in that courthouse every day. They don't know that judge as well as the public defender does. They don't know that prosecutor as well as that as that public defender does. That attorney may not even practice in that county as frequently or in that area. So I think that if you're going to hire an attorney for a criminal uh, for a criminal case, Mm -hmm. uh, you should at least talk to three attorneys because all of them may provide great quality service, but this is also very personal and traumatic time for a lot of people. So who you vibe with also matters. And private attorneys are selling a service and there's nothing wrong with that, but in selling a service, they may create expectations that are not reasonable. And um, my husband can attest, people say, I'm gonna hire a private attorney because I don't like what you're saying. And they end up with the exact same outcome that he said was likely to happen. And they and they didn't lost ten grand at least. <laughs> yeah, so I think it depends. You got to talk to your public defender. You interview private attorneys, and then you really want to see: Are they really telling me different outcomes? Yeah, going to uh, work for my case, and is this a person I vibe with? Mm. Gab, you want to jump in here because I'm a switch. Because I'm I'm gonna go to where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I really like. Um, the information that she gave, because I think oftentimes, um, even when I started my nonprofit and I started digging into law, I realized how much I realized how much our schools fail us as far as teaching us law. Like there's tons of Texas laws that you come across and you're like, I didn't even know that was a law. And I think that that your statement earlier, uh, Siobhan, of legal education, and I think that's just something that just for me, because I work with young people and I work with teens who are high needs and in situations, if they even know the law would help them stay out of it. Because a lot of kids, they're just getting in trouble because they don't know, right? But if they knew the ramifications, if they really understood like what was to follow behind those things, it would deter a lot of kids away from it. And so for me, I just wanted a quick example. Like, have you known somebody who who was just learning law and it helped them in a different field of career? Have you seen that? And at any point. Yeah, uh, a lot of lawyers abandon the legal field and become bakers, right? So they know how to sell. I, I'm using that example. You know, oh, they, yeah. they pursue some creative outlet or opportunity. So they know how to set up their business. If they don't know, they can readily find it out. Uh, they have a lot of people in their network who they can contact for support, for CPA, for taxes, uh, for compliance issues. So having the background helps you navigate systems uh, easier than it would a lay person. A lay person can also, but they they might spend additional time and energy trying to. Mm-hmm. Do that. Mm. So it's it's the network and the resources that excel their process a little bit faster. Yeah. So being an attorney simply means I know how to find out the answer. You know, I don't mm. know. Yeah, I don't. Maybe simply, <laughs> I don't know all of the answers. I don't know all the laws, but I know how to find it very quickly and to apply it very quickly. That's um, it's taught me to think very critically about a situation, a scenario, and find you the answer. Re- um, relatively. 
Now, depending on how much experience you have in the particular subject matter, you may know the answer right off the top. But if I don't, you know, I can find out the answer very quickly. So when you asked me earlier, do I tell people I'm an attorney outside of like a social media setting or if I'm meeting? No, because I don't want to hear all these random scenarios. <laughs> At, at my son's basketball game. I don't Say, Siobhan, listen, what had happened was, oh, you know, listen, so what What you think? I don't want to know about it. I don't want to give you, I don't want you to pick my brain. I'm not yeah, in that good. Siobhan, my, my <laughs> wife good. over here, she, no, see, <laughs> what you're not going to do. But, um, uh, listen, I'm petty, so I'm going to bring it back up. You ain't answered my question. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, so I'm, I'm just circling back because uh, when we started this originally, because then we 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 took a, a left because it was some good information, like super dope. Um, but I wanted to know, like, how did you get into the wheels in a tr- the trust? Okay, area? yes, yes, because that's yes. like that's like super specific. Like it when is. I think about wills and trust, and we're gonna get into this, and oh, I'm saying this on purpose. I think about old white people. Yeah, so like let's just keep absolutely. it a buck and. Yeah. Our show is predominantly our culture. Yeah. So we're going to talk about some wills and trusts because everybody, I'm going to get some generational wealth. I'm going to do this. And whoop to whoop, whoop. <laughs> so have, have you talked to Savon? Because you don't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so there is no generational wealth without an estate plan. I'll start there. I got mm. into uh, estate planning. I was, uh, I, so I've been practicing now. Is this my 12th year? This might be my 12th year. I've been practicing law for 12 years and I was ready to walk away from the profession. I was one of those attorneys. Really? Yes. I am part of the great resignation. I was a federal attorney prior to doing estate planning. Oh, so that I, sounds miserable. <laughs> <laughs> it was. So I had all four of my children at home during the pandemic. I'm working under very tight, and it depends on what agency you work for. Some federal agencies are amazing. Um, My particular agency and my particular role was not so amazing. So I had all of my, I had my four children at home. I had all of these quotas that I had to fulfill Mm -hmm. on a daily basis. I had all these managements. It was like, there's no pandemic Uh, going on. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to navigate all of my responsibilities as an employee, as a mother, as a wife, as a person who wanted to stay sane. And I was just like, you know what? I don't even know if I just want to do law anymore. Like I wanted to go to law school to make a difference and to help people in my community. And here I am behind a desk doing work that's very transactional. Like, you know, even though, so I worked in disability, uh, I worked for Social Security Administration. So even though what I was Ooh. doing was helpful yeah. uh, to the people who were waiting the outcome of their decisions, it was very transactional. It was very paperwork driven. Uh, it was very lonely and stressful. And um, I did a fast. And in that fast, uh, yeah, I, I fasted for, I don't remember, the month of January or something like that. And in that fast, um, I had applied for other opportunities that I thought was my dream opportunity. And it was like right there, right? I went hmm. through three or four rigorous interviews with panels and all these things. And I'm like, yeah, I'm killing it. This is it. This is it. This is what I fasted for. You know, this is the job that I wanted is here. And then in the past, God told me, oh, you didn't get that job. And I was hmm. like, I was like, oh no, those are the secrets. <laughs> you know, I rebuked that. <laughs> 
I'm going to be positively about this. Like, why would my mind tell me these terrible things? And I'm not a person who walks around saying, God told me this, God told me that. Yeah. Probably less than three incidents that I can recall where I really heard him say something. He was like, I'm just letting you know now. So you're not a crying mess. You can get that job. So they told you they would let you know on Friday. You're not going to hear anything on Friday. I'm just paraphrasing. You didn't get it. So you might as well stop holding your breath about it. You didn't yeah. get it. Yeah. Well. And so. He has you know, spoken. I wrestled <laughs> with that because sometimes we think, am I speaking negatively? You know, mm-hmm. am I just self-doubting imposters syndrome? But it was, it was during the fast. And then Friday came. Nothing. <laughs> they didn't call they didn't say anything they said they were definitely going to make a decision that Friday so I was like man and so then the next week and I said about three instances where I heard from God so this is number two so both instances were related <laughs> to <laughs> so like, two of my three instances he was working right <laughs> the next week I heard um, the opportunity that you're looking for you're going to have to create and I, was like, mm. I was like, ah, you know, I don't know. I that may not be for me. I'm not an opportunity creator. I am a get my check every two week person. Mm. I am consistency, no surprises. I never had dreams of starting my own business or yeah. anything. So this this is not for me. Um, but then I started thinking about it. You know, I'm a mom. I have four very active sons. I like to think I'm a supportive wife. I don't know. You have to- <laughs> you're still um, married, so right. you're doing good. You're doing good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I think 12 or 13 years too. I don't something like that. <laughs> Congratulations. Like, I don't know why she said it like that. She, I think so. That would have been that would have been right at the beginning of your law career. Uh, no, I got married while I was in law school, so longer than that. Then you're but, welcome. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> but um, I was just like, yeah. When I really look at my life, the opportunities that I want, I'm I am probably going to have to create. So mm-hmm. I I thought, well, I'm just going to leave law altogether because that's what I had been wrestling with anyway. I was going to try the dream job that I wanted was in academia, and I had been teaching throughout my legal career anyway. So it was a perfect transition. And um, I started thinking, well, what can I do to really help people? Because that's why I went to law school. And Mm -hmm. in that journey, I, in my research, I thought uh, I realized that the greatest transfer of wealth is happening right now. Um, As baby boomers are transitioning, uh, passing away, transferring wealth, The greatest transfer of wealth is happening right now. And if the Black community doesn't do something, we will miss out on all of it. We are set to hit, I think, zero dollars in like 2050 in terms of Black people as a whole of our net worth. And part of that is because of our- Zero dollars? Zero dollars. Look up racial wealth gap, right? No, I'm I'm fully aware of it. And we're not going to, like, we're we're not, like, it's so far now that we're not going to catch up. Okay, but uh, one of the primary reasons is because of the lack of estate planning. We're in a very hustle-oriented culture, but what's the point of all this hustling and getting my LLC and all this, all this grinding if we're not 
give if we're not giving the money to people properly. <laughs> so what are we doing all of this for? Yes, we want to live now and enjoy now, but what difference are we really making to impact our community as a whole if we do all of this and we don't hand it off properly? And that's that's where a, lo- a lot of loss is going to occur in our community. So taking all that information in, that's when I decided I'm going to be an estate planning attorney and I'm going to be- <laughs> I'm going to make a difference. Yes, I'm going to make a difference. write some wills. I got it. This is it. (laughs) I'm a very sensitive person. You know, I don't know about this. I'm (laughs) talking about dying (laughs) to people all the time and addressing so many issues that we have in the Black community with it. But, you know, I'm going to stick beside it. So we'll see. (laughs) That's awesome. So, so So you were teaching as you were developing your your next dream? Yeah, I, I actually started, my first job out of law school was at, was a professor at a university. Okay. Yeah, so that was my very first job. And about two or three years into it, I left because I thought, oh, I need to be a real lawyer. Like, mm. you know, I, what, I went to law school, I need to be a real lawyer. So I also have a master's degree in the area I was teaching in. So that's how I got into that, into teaching. So I was like, I need to be in the, I need to be a lawyer, you know, like, what am I doing here? So I put on, I looked for a legal job and then I got hired as a lawyer. And then a year into that, I was like, that was the dumbest thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why did I leave the <laughs> <laughs> young and entertained and yeah dumbest thing I could ever do. No, 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 no. So That's awesome. What, so what so walk me through this. Like what's what's the process of getting a will? Because my next question is gonna be what's the process of giving getting a trust? Cause mm. like I, I again, I don't know what I don't know, but I just know what I what I heard, you know what I'm saying, what some people talking about. And like I know the the Asian community is really big with, with trust, right. And creating their own banks and things like that. Cause there's all types of trust. Yeah. And like, and so I, I would just imagine that's a more involved process on a general scale. Right. Mm-hmm. So can I, can I pause this for a second? Cause yeah. I'm, I'm on the dumb side of this. Okay. So no, so, you ain't done, bro. No, I'm when sorry. I say that, that was, that's my bad for assuming right? like, you know what? I'm, <laughs> I'm asking questions for me. And I should be asking for our audience. Go ahead. Yeah, Kev. but I I just want to kind of because I I'm, we're throwing some words around and I think it's easy for them to either get blurred or misunderstood. So we said estate planning, and then we said wills and trust. Is yeah. there a difference between estate planning? Is there a difference between a will and, and a trust? So that we so as people take this information in and they leave, they won't just be running around. Yeah, I heard. I need this, but they you know <laughs> when you got them excited and then they get in front of a professional, you got it all wrong. I'm just, around. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, uh, how much time do I have? They'll let me know. I mean, in depth. I need until to I get tired. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, we good. We good. I mean, we we okay. you know what I'm saying? we good. Okay, yeah. so let me let me put it like this. I'll be using this in a second. Estate planning is a way to protect everyone you love. And everything that you love. Okay. Okay. Simple puts. Estate planning is a way that you protect everyone you love and everything that you love. Because while we are here in this current state, 
for the most part, we're assets to our environments, right? Our families rely on our our presence physically, emotionally, our financial contributions. We're giving in all of those capacities. If we're not here, we need to find a way to continue to provide at least some provide for our family in some of those ways back so that we're giving, we're leaving something behind to fill the void uh, for the ways that we would give financially, emotionally, spiritually, yeah. all of those things. Okay. So estate planning is how you do that. Mm. Uh, estate planning is not just protecting for uh, your family in the event that you pass away. It's also taking care of yourself in the event that you become incapacitated, right? Estate planning is putting on the oxygen mask on yourself first and then putting it on your wife and your children and mm. your nieces and your nephews. If you were to get into a car accident or something tomorrow uh, and uh, you are incapacitated, you cannot speak for yourself or to take care of yourself or to articulate your wishes with respect to your health care, who's the person who's going to do that? Uh, if you're married, in most cases, it might be your spouse. Um, if you're not married, it could be a parent. But what if you have a bad relationship with your parent? You would never want your parent to be the one talking to doctors about what to do, right? If you are in some kind of unmarried partnership and something happens to you, the person who you love is going to get locked out of that hospital room. They're going to get locked out of your treatment and your care. And uh, they're not going to be able to know anything unless your parent says so. And I'm talking in general because every yeah, state yeah, absolutely. has different laws. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes things happen to husband and wife at the same mm -hmm. time. If both of you are in an accident coming back from date night and neither one of you can speak or articulate your wishes, who is the successor agent to make those care the the treatment for you, yeah. right? Because mm -hmm. if something happens to you, who has access to your bank accounts to continue to pay your mortgage while you're recovering for three months? Is your house going to foreclose? Uh, now are you going to have to move in with your parents? Now your credit sucks because you didn't ah. plans for what can happen. You didn't create plans to protect everyone you love and everything that you love, right? So estate planning, that's just one component of it. So one you're making plans for yourself in the event that you cannot uh, manage your affairs in the way that you ordinarily would due to some kind of medical illness or injury that has left you incapacitated. Yeah. In addition to protecting yourself, now we're talking about the transfers of assets and wealth. Yeah. Uh, there are many vehicles used to transfer those assets and wealth. And one of those vehicles is a will. Another one is a trust in general. There are yeah. differences between a will and trust. In fact, I think I, po I posted a graphic on my Instagram about the difference between a will and a trust uh, sometime this week. It was like a chart, but I'm I'm trying to just pull it up. Oh, it, was a, it was a chart? Yeah. I promise you I didn't look at it. So <laughs> I'm just putting it up in my mind um, as a reference point for myself as I talk about it, right? So a will is a document that is used to transfer your assets. A will makes outright distributions, meaning... $5,000 to this person, $5,000 to that person. After you give that money to that person, there's you don't have any more say as to what happens with that money. You've given that money to that person. So long crazy weekend in Vegas, the $5,000 you gave to somebody could be gone. Uh, that person could get in a car accident and get sued. The $5,000 you gave them is gone. Uh, they could be tricked into some kind of business investment or swindled or somebody could convince them that they love it. whatever it is the money you left them could be gone in an instant and there is no there are no strings or security attached to that money mm -hmm. trust you are putting strings attached to that money so that's one difference 
um, in a trust, you can manage that money beyond, you can manage that money from beyond the grave. Uh, yes. with stipulations that you create with respect to that money. So that's one of the differences. Another difference is a will goes through a process called probate and probate is a, pro- a public process. Whenever someone passes away, you have to probate. Does it, does it really? Yes. Wills go to probate? Yes. I thought the whole purpose of having a will is that it bypasses probate. Uh, that's a trust. Got That's what I wanted to talk about because life, probate- life insurance bypasses probate as well, right? It depends. Hmm. Sorry. I sell insurance nah. for a living, so that's why. And I don't, I don't like focus on life insurance, and so I know enough to be dangerous. But I'm like, I know somewhere in that test it said something about you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> so the short answer is it depends, right? Because life insurance is a beneficiary designation, and True. so uh, if it's a beneficiary designation, it does not have to go through probate. But what mm-hmm. happens is a parent might purchase a life insurance policy and they might leave it to their oldest child, right? Because yeah. their oldest child is their most responsible child. And they know their oldest child is going to split the money and take care of everybody and do with it what they want. But the reality is when this person passes away, the oldest child gets that check for $50,000. Uh, boo-boo, my name is the only one on this $50,000 check. So I don't know what mom and dad intended, but if they wanted to leave you something, they would have made you a beneficiary on this or got a life insurance policy for you. And then That's this would be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is where legacies get tarnished, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if you're child number two or three, you feel some kind of way about this. Even mm-hmm. the best intentioned oldest child or most responsible child, if mom and dad don't sit down and tell you what their wishes are, and in many cases, they don't have these transparent conversations, Mm -hmm. it just looks like you left the money to me. Mm -hmm. What am I Mm -hmm. supposed to think about this? Mm -hmm. Who left the money to me? I know that if you wanted other people to have money, you would have left them money. I didn't Mm -hmm. think about the fact that you think this person's a little irresponsible, but this person needs more time. I don't yeah. know that I'm just a steward. I know that yeah. I'm the beneficiary and you left me money. So now mom and dad's legacy is messed up. Kid mm. number three need therapy. They don't understand what happened. Okay, so we got the will. We get the will done. Boom, boom, boom. We got I got a question now before we move away? forward. No, wait, wait. Before you move forward, though, does the probate like, because from what I understand, too, is like the judge can override the will in a probate. Uh, it, it it depends. You know, I, I let me preface this. All of this is for educational purposes. Yes. All of this is not serving as legal advice. You have to consult an attorney in your area with respect to the specific laws in your state, in your county, in your community. Uh, I'm going to clip that up. That's going to be the opening clip. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, before I get to that, I'll also say this too. If you have your minor child as a beneficiary, you are also leaving that for probate and for disaster. So that's why I said it depends. In general, life insurance policies do not are not probated. But if your beneficiary is dead, that money is now in probate. So we're, we're back to the beginning. And then your question was with respect to probate. Can you remind me again? It's like, because I've, I've heard where... The judge overrules judge it. Judge overrule, oh, okay. and then they'll sign, sign what they think is bet or whatever. So what happens sometimes is uh, during the probate process, all of your taxes, debts, expenses have to be paid before your family can take from mm-hmm. your estate. Uh, a lot of money, 
is lost in the probate process in general because we have to get the house assessed. We have to pay your taxes for two or three years because we don't know if you paid what was right. We have to settle with the IRS. We have to uh, get access to your accounts. A lot of people start probate on their own and then they're messing it up and now they have to hire a lawyer. <laughs> you know. Mm. So uh, what happens is sometimes the estate does not have enough money to pay all of these. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. Or this estate has just enough money to pay all these fees and now there's not enough money to give. Wow. Those are instances where you may have a <laughs> giving somebody $300,000, but if you don't have 300, if you didn't leave $300,000 to give to this person, then it doesn't matter what, <laughs> what yeah. you your will, right? Yeah, so, um, yeah, and probate is a public process, right? So whenever you create a will, and I don't mean to talk negatively about wills. Wills are important. And there are certain people who a will is just fine for, considering mm-hmm. their circumstances. Um, and it's definitely better than not doing anything at all. A will is very important because a will is where you do your guardianship nominations for your children. Who takes care of your children if something happens oh. to you? All of that is done in your will. So okay. a will is a critical piece of the estate planning. But a will is also public. Right. So you can look up anybody's will. You can look up uh, the former first lady Jackie Kennedy's will. Right. So your will is very public. And another issue with respect to will is you're also leaving your family vulnerable to be taken advantage of. There are people who stroll around probate courts, reading wills, finding out who has left what to fall in love with them and to swindle them out of the money or to come up with some kind of scheme. Um, I can give you examples. Uh, no. What? They're professionals out there. They're scammers in every arena. I'm, I'm like, I'm not surprised, but like, I'm surprised. I wouldn't. I, wouldn't, I, I just like, you know what? But then again, you know, you watch Wedding Crashers, and then where's the best place to pick up women? It's at the funerals, and so I get, you know, what I mean, like, but you know, and when she said that though, I just think about like, you know, my my, my cousin was an NFL athlete, and I could when you said that, all I seen was just chicks waiting outside, like. Yeah, I know you got your money, boo. Hey. <laughs> not, not just chicks, you know. It's 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 gentlemen. <laughs> it's, it's gentlemen. Uh they prey on widows. I've seen wow. I've seen yep. this happen. And it's not just romantic schemes. I've definitely seen that. But for example, there was an elderly woman. Her husband did everything he was supposed to do a will. You know, he left, let's just say he left her $20,000. It was more than that. And he left stuff to the grandchildren. Somebody can look up what was left to who. This person showed up at grandma's door, right? Your uh, grandson was incarcerated and we need to post bail. Uh, and his bail is $19,000, right? Grandma, they know how much she got in her will. They know so how that. much she got. They know grandson's name. It's in the will, right? They know where grandson lives. It's part of the probate, right? They know grandson is 18 years old. They probably found grandson on Facebook or whatever. They knew enough to convince her grandson is locked up. Of course, grandma tries to call daughter. Daughter's busy, doesn't answer. Tries to call grandson. Nobody answers. They need this money now. It's a desperate situation, right? So uh, this person drives grandma to the bank to get this money, right? They get by the time. And this sounds far-fetched, but it's not. A, a mm. lot of times when people are elderly, uh, they either their family doesn't take as good care of them as they should, or um, they are kind of stubborn and they think more than mm-hmm. th- 
Uh, there are studies that show that when you get older, you tend to become more, for, look at AARP, you tend to become more firm in your stances and your beliefs and you're less likely to be persuaded otherwise. So sometimes they want to maintain that independence. So estate planning also protects you from yourself later on because you don't know yourself at 75, right? You're not not gonna be the same wit and intellect and ability. You have no idea who you are at 75. So while you're in sound mind and sound body now, go ahead and protect yourself from you. Anyway, grandmother gives the money. Grandma gives the money to this young man gone, never to be seen or heard from again. By the time family calls her later that night, grandson was never incarcerated, mm-hmm. never locked up. <laughs> there. And her money that her husband left her is gone. Oh, and, you know, somebody told me a long time ago, it's, it's regarding wills and trusts and things like, or estate plan in general. It's just like, yo, like, if, if you don't have a plan for your money, the state does. Yeah. yeah, I, so I, like, I say that too. Huh? <laughs> I say that too. Just yeah, and I'm just like, plan doesn't mean there's no plan. Yeah, yeah. No, the state, the state got one for you. So, so we get the will. I'm not moving on too far. We get the will. We get it written. Then what do we do with it? Okay. Different states have different laws. Some states they have to be signed, witnessed, and notarized. Some say you know you file it with the court. You keep it in a safe place. But you don't need it again until you have passed away. Cool. Mm-hmm. But what I, I guess what I was saying was more leaning towards was like, do I tell people? Like, do I be like, yo, like, hey, I got a will. You tell people who you trust where it is, mm. right, so that they can access it. Mm. It's usually gotcha. like a fireproof box. You know that fireproof case with the lock in. It. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, no, I mean, I just, I just didn't know if like you just put it away and then you know you get the situation where there's like, oh, there's two wills. And da, 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 da. You don't need to. You just need you just need yours, your original. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Got you. And most okay. courts let you file your will there. Now, you the copy of it and leave it in your nightstand, but the wet signature you put in the safe. Oh, place. that's good. That's now, good. Can we get to trust? Yeah. So, because so so, but here's my thing. I and I don't know if you know the answer, but I get when I heard this. I got when I found out like what trusts like really were, I was like 30, right? And I was so, for lack of a better word, I was pissed because especially in our community, okay. we look down on trust fund babies, quote unquote. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Like that just means that their family was planning. You know what I'm saying? Like the big homie, his with his daughter, he puts houses into them in the trust name. And so even if even if little mama get married and she get divorced, the trust is staying in the, the house is in yeah. the trust name. It can't go yeah. nowhere. Yeah. And it's just like, ooh. <clears throat> and I, I can tell smart. you, because we didn't like we didn't like them trust fund punk babies. Wait, exactly. But like, but I'm like, like, like <laughs> why why do trust fund babies, and I know you, you probably don't know this, but why do they get such a bad rap, right? Because it's associated with entitlement and wealth. Mm-hmm. And um when you don't have wealth, you don't feel entitled. And so you tend to create uh, a negative imagery of something that you don't have to make yourself feel better. Mm. And for the okay. most part, I, I can speak for my generation or at least for myself. Like, do you think they did? Because you didn't, they didn't work for it, right? Like, so when we were growing up, it's like, man, we grind, we learn hard work, 
and our parents are teaching us because of our color, we have to work a little bit harder. Yeah. And then I go to school and Johnny don't ever have to work for anything. And he's driving a Mercedes Benz at 15 years old. I'm like, bro, how do you get a Mercedes Benz at 15 years old? Like, how does that happen? Yeah. You know, which is so, but, which is I, so stupid because like, is. sorry, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you finish. Okay. But like, even like, yo, even Trump, like him, whatever, don't, whatever. It's irrelevant. His dad gave him a million dollar loan, right? Mm-hmm. He turned it into something more. Bruh, if I gave Jamal I I'm just a million dollars, huh? What I said, I'm, you something. Oh, I'm like, if, if you gave somebody from the hood a million dollars, like, why why are you mad because their family left them money? And, and is it entitlement? Whatever. You know what I'm saying? I guess it depends on how they respond or it's how it's they it's react it's or how they act. Yeah. But it's just like, yo, like, it... You don't just get money and make money, bro. Like it's a whole bunch. Why do you think all the lottery winners are broke or drug yeah. addicts? Yeah, like, but you, I think, you, and I, and going go back to what we were saying though, I think it was just well, what I was getting to was just the lack of education for on my part, right? I didn't understand. I didn't understand what the trust and the, how the money flowed, or like once I really, once I really got to into the circles and really got to understand, it was like, oh yeah. Yes, this makes let me, sense. Let me get one yeah, of them. How do I get in? <laughs> so I can eat some more lobster and we could go on these boat rides and we could go on these trips, right? Because I think that's the biggest thing about it is that a lot of times we, we, we angry and mad at things that we don't understand. And then when we get to understand them, sometimes we're so far behind the curve um, that it's hard to catch up. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and I think that to me, that answers the question that you you asked. Why are we so upset or feel like that they're privileged? Because we didn't know. We didn't understand. And now that we know and we do understand, like like you were saying, like, man, when I learned you can put houses in trust that will protect the house and to protect, you know, and I, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, but I heard it and I wanted to and I looked more into it and to yeah. validate it. But those things we didn't get exposure to until we get a Siobhan who has the passion and the heart and realized her her main passion and dream to teach us and educate us on what these trusts can do for us. Tell us a little bit more. Yeah, so I don't know where to start, <laughs> but I, I will say um, that people have a misconception also that trusts are for like the uber wealthy. And so if we, you know, in general, people already have a disdain for the uber wealthy because there is a narrative that they didn't earn their wealth. And that may or may not be true. Depends on who the uber wealthy person is. Right. So they have an advantage that uh, foundational black Americans may not necessarily have because Mm. They were the wealth builders, but they didn't get the benefit of the wealth. You choosing your words real carefully. I like this. <laughs> and she's not like you're not even thinking about it. It just hey, that's what happened with them years of legal education, right? <laughs> right. So, so I say that to say that uh, a lot of Black Americans or Black people in general, uh, we don't have trust. We don't we don't even think that a trust is something within our reach because of that misperception that it's just for like this top 1%. But really it's a tool that any American can utilize, you know, that would, that would benefit them. And I'm talking specifically about uh, living revocable trust. So a trust is just 
uh, to try to say it as simply as possible, a trust is like a contractual arrangement. And it's a contractual arrangement to hold your assets. So it's holding my assets uh, and the person who creates the trust is called Mm -hmm. the grantor, right? I'm granting my assets, I'm creating this. So it's it's an arrangement, a fiduciary arrangement created by the grantor, which is me. I'm creating this arrangement for the benefit of the beneficiaries, the people who Mm -hmm. are gonna receive the assets, But while I'm alive, I am also the beneficiary. So I am the grantor creating this arrangement for my benefit while I'm alive. And it's managed by the trustee, which is the person who oversees how the money is spent or assets are distributed. And while I'm alive, I'm also the trustee. I serve in all three roles. (laughs) So I am the grantor. I created the trust for the benefit of the beneficiaries. I'm alive. I'm the beneficiary. Uh, and it's managed by the trustee, and I'm the trustee. So I serve in all three roles while I'm alive. And when I pass on, I have named beneficiaries mm-hmm. and trustees. So depending on my children's Ooh. age, if there's a minor, I have a third-party trustee who's managing the assets in the trust for the benefit of the beneficiaries, which would be my children. You know, that's just one Example. So uh, while I'm alive, I have a trust. So this is my boss that I said I was going to use. Right. So what happens when you don't have a trust? We are all carrying around all of our assets, mostly in here. We got our bank account. We got our cryptocurrency. We got, you know, uh, uh, our account with our spouse. We got this account with our parents created for us when we were 12. We got this other little account that got $25. I don't even remember what the account number is for that account. You know, um, I got credit cards that I own, payments. I got a car note. I got a mortgage. We're just carrying around like all of these things. I mean, if you're really organized, it's written down somewhere. But for most people, it's not. You're carrying around all these assets, everything that you're kind of worth. And if you die, it spills everywhere. Mm. Right. And it's the family is scrambling I think dad had a Discover card. Did he have a Discover card? Is there a statement here? I don't know. Paperless. What's his email password? He had a bank (laughs) account here. They had a bank account here. Didn't he say he had some savings bonds that his mom left? You all Right. I don't know. All this. He has a digital wallet. Is it a physical digital wallet? Is it a is it a digital wallet with a password? Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. Where, where is dad's money? Okay. I'm like, I'm stressed out, and this ain't even my situation. So it's all of our situations, though. Yeah. So our assets go everywhere. Our family is trying to scramble to, to mm-hmm. resolve and settle all this stuff in probate because we didn't make it easy for them, right? So now they're mourning and they're stressed out, right? No mm-hmm. wonder. No wonder the widow or widower falls in love quickly after that. They stress mm-hmm. out. Okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a lot going on. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. So, so um, and the state has a Department of Unclaimed Assets or Unclaimed Property. A lot of this money goes there sometimes. A check might come in. Some other account goes there. And if you don't. It is a, and sorry, side note, bar. It is a beating to unclaim, to claim your unclaimed property. Like. 
It is a big, I get emails all the time from the state like, oh, you need to claim. I'm not claiming that $20 deposit from Verizon from 2006. <laughs> you want me to send my social security card? <laughs> the original? They, don't, they usually don't tell you how much it is until you go through the process because I definitely helped someone get $600 in January. They thought it was a scam. And I helped somebody else recover like $1,600 a couple months ago. Um, I'm like, you don't know exactly how much it is. Where, where at though? Was that in North Carolina? No, one person was in Florida. One person was in North Carolina. Every state has this. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was about to say. Well, Texas, they 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 disclose it all of them online. Oh, okay, okay. I can look up all your stuff in Texas if okay. you had any. Okay, okay. Well, I don't know, but also look in every state that you've lived in because every state has different mm-hmm. rules. So if you've lived in any other state, if you had a relative who passed away in another state, I'm about to Google all. Let me go <laughs> all fifty states. Real quick, I might. You know what I'm saying? I might come up on a little, a little yeah. lick, real quick. Sorry, I know you were still going in. How much is going to cost me? Because I want to get that question out. Because I, I don't, I don't okay. remember. Now I'm not just talking about you. We could do general, generality, generalization. I don't do words. I didn't finish how the trust works. So I'll do, yeah. I'll do that, and then you can. Oh, sorry. Or okay. So, like I was saying, your assets spill everywhere. But when you have a trust, it's like you're carrying your assets in a wagon, in a box, in a bag, whatever, right? While you are alive, you transfer everything into the name of a trust. So mm-hmm. your house, you retitle it into the trust, right? All of your um, accounts, you retitle it into the name of the trust. Your life insurance policies, your trust is now the beneficiary of your life insurance mm-hmm. policy, right? Uh, your retirement plan or savings, your trust is now the beneficiary of your That's retirement true. plan or savings, any stock accounts or anything like that, your trust is now the beneficiary. Your trust this is an actual box you use all the time. I just realized all those letters. <laughs> <laughs> all those letters you nice. just caught on to it. I caught uh, on when she said I'm accounts. So I was like, oh, I got it. Anyway. Yeah. So now all of your assets are held nice and neat in this trust. And because I am the grantor and the trustee, I can take assets in and out if I want to. If I'm selling my house, whatever, you know, it's not locked away. I am the trustee. So I am managing the assets. So I can continue to put assets in and out as I want, however I want to. Now, if something happens to me, I am giving this to my children instead of everything all over the place. So when I say that people think a trust is a tool for the uber wealthy, right? You may not have $500,000 to leave to your ears right now, but you might have a $500,000 policy. Your house might be worth $500,000. So now you have a trust fund with $500,000 in it. You Mm. may not be walking around with that, but now you have made your child a trust fund baby because you are now handing them $500,000 $500,000 and you've put strings to protect that money that you've handed to your children so that they don't all go blow it away on foolishness and now you are creating generational wealth. Look at God. <laughs> so you have to have $500,000 to no, start a trust? No, it could be $100,000. It could be $50,000. It could be whatever okay. you have to leave. I'm just, my point is yeah. that you have made your transfer of wealth mm. easier less stressful and more secure so that your beneficiaries are more likely to enjoy and to utilize what you've left for them to start a business, to go to school, whatever the case may be. They're not all stressed out for two years in probate court trying to tie up your loose ends. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's real. Trust is private. Trust does not go through probate once everything is transferred properly. When somebody dies, you go to your attorney's office 
and you do everything right then and there. Okay. Mm. Do that mean we got to keep an attorney on like retainer or we just pay no, them to just keep got, it? Or? The attorney you use to create your trust, you have a copy of that and you can, It's a, once it's done, it's done. You can go to any estate planning attorney to administer the estate, mm. but it's a private process. Nobody's going to go Google your your tr- unless you upload your trust. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all, look at my trust. <laughs> yeah. So, and so what I'm hearing too is that we got to get your will done and then get your trust set up and start transferring your wealth into your trust. Yeah. Now, I, I got a quick question. You Does, skip over my question. I wonder how much it costs. Well, uh, yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. Let that be the end. Because okay. this is good. When I put the stuff <laughs> in the trust, does that protect... Does does the trust protect it from us? So, because from what I, what I mean. So, when we're talking about the will, we talk about taxes. We talk about... All of the stuff that we get ourselves into, the dirt that we get ourselves into that has to come up once we die. Does the trust protect in such a way where taxes and stuff, like I'm sure it still has to be paid if it's within the trust, but if I did something in my legal name, does that protect the trust? Does that make sense? Okay, so you're asking, does the trust offer asset protection? Oh. Yes. Okay, and the answer to that is it depends, right? Okay. For most people living revocable trusts, I feel comfortable saying all people. No, the answer is no, right? Uh, the tax uh, the tax exemption right now is somewhere like $6 million per person before you have to pay tax, estate taxes uh, when somebody passes away. So unless your estate is worth more than $6 million or like $11, $12 million as a couple, then that's when you're looking at, uh, uh, when you're looking at uh, not, uh, sorry, <laughs> living revocable trust. When you're looking at trusts that are not revocable, okay, mm. that's when you're looking at those trusts, and those trusts are used by people who are more wealthy to manage their money creatively. Mm. Uh, and but you are, <laughs> you, for most people, that is not something that you need. When mm. you are alive and you're under the six million dollar tax exemption limit then a living revocable trust serves you just fine. Now, when you pass away, it becomes unrevocable. You can't make changes to it. And you can, because of that, you can create asset protection for your beneficiaries. Okay? That's good. So you can create your trust in such a way that you are protecting your children against future claims from creditors, against Mm -hmm. uh, divorce, against lawsuits. Because this is not their money. This is the trust money, right? Mm. So if something happens and they get sued or they get into some kind of accident or they have some creditors, yeah. this, this is not my money. This is so, so it can't be protected from... Or your beneficiary. Yeah, for the yeah, well, For you, it can't because you owned it, right? Yeah. I put it in and I put it out and I can take it in and out. So a creditor is going to be like, we'll take it out. <laughs> Get your money. <laughs> your children, once oh, you pass away, it goes like this, right? Uh, we can make distributions, how you create, however you created it, but mm. they, these were never their assets. I mm-hmm. cannot give away somebody else's money. Oh, right? Depending, and it's depending on how you Again, how you set it up. Some people don't choose that asset. That's good. That's real good. So it kind of I, I, I don't think 
for our for our day one listeners, I don't think Kev and I have ever been so quiet in an episode. I'm gonna just keep it a hundred. <laughs> like we both in here just like okay, okay. And look, I've been taking notes. YouTube, I'm over here. Say, everybody watching on YouTube, Kev's head is down. Kev is not on his phone. Kev takes notes. <laughs> I, I take mental notes. I don't you know what I'm saying, but Kev is down there. Kev is writing because Kev will do the recap. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Can we answer my question now? Okay. <laughs> What's your question? How much it costs? You know, it varies. Honestly, it varies. Um, so trust, I think you can gauge 2,500 to 4,000. It okay. depends on, uh, some people maybe 6,000, some people maybe 8,000. It really depends on the lawyer. It depends where you're at, but I feel confident in saying somewhere between two and 6,000, okay. uh, because they're addition. Once you create your trust, you also have options to create subtrust for your children, right? Mm-hmm. You also put in stipulations that maybe they can only give that money through their bloodline. You may be putting a stipulation that your spouse can only continue to access the trust if they have a prenuptial agreement. I mean, you could put whatever you want in there. Yes, sometimes, that. <laughs> sure it right. So sometimes it that the honest answer is it depends because it depends on how you design your trust. Mm, so uh, I feel confident in saying you may pay somewhere between two and $6,000, depending on all the options and selections that you put. And for a will, you know, maybe somewhere between 800 to 2000. Uh, and I say, when I say will for myself, I don't do just a will. Right. I'm doing all the healthcare documents I talked about. I'm doing like a guardianship package. That's like oh. 11 documents. So because I my job is to do comprehensive estate planning. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to piecemeal anything that's going to have your family in court and conflict crying later. I want to yeah. make sure that whatever I do with you is complete and it's thorough and it protects you. With that being said, what are like the basics that somebody should because I think I think that's important. I, if you hear me talk anything about the students that I work with, I think wraparound services is everything, right? We can't just exactly. come in and have a mentor and he hungry at home or has some situations at home. And so I that's what I heard when you said, like, I'm just not gonna give you a will. I'm gonna wrap around you yeah. like what yeah. you what you need. What are like because I, I know our listeners are listening, like, man, I got all this information, let's go. But you're saying just don't do the will. What are some basic things that they should be looking for if they step out to go get their will done? Okay. Um, so know, and we know we know look, we know, don't give them all the nuggets. You know, they gonna have to come to you to get it, but what are just some no, basic No, no, I'm thinking that you're asking what is the at a minimum, what kind of estate planning does somebody need? And the answer to that is it depends. Again, I'm, nope, I'm shutting it down. What the end button that? <laughs> The answer to that is it depends because somebody's estate versus another person's estate, I'd be doing a disservice by saying you only need a will. Yeah. You know? But okay, for a youth, right? For somebody who's youth, who's in their youth, who probably doesn't have children, who um is, you know, somewhere between 18 to 30, let's just say, and, and they're unmarried. Okay, so the first thing you definitely need is a power of attorney. Right. This gives someone the authority and ability to access your accounts in case something happens. You're a young professional and you're working and the same scenario I gave before. If something happens to you and you are incapacitated, who can pay your rent till you get better? Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to lose your apartment. 
And then now you got to move back in with mom and dad. So you definitely need that. And also durable, durable power of attorney gives someone the authority to sue somebody on your behalf. If there's an accident Mm. and a lawsuit needs to be started, if somebody is suing you, you need somebody to have the authority to defend you. It, you know, durable power of attorney is far reaching. Um, If you're in school and uh, you need to drop your classes or something like that, the university is going to be like, okay, you know, Trevor's mom, I, I need some paperwork. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I just can't tell you Trevor's grades just because you, yeah. you said you're his mom. Like, I need I need some paperwork that says you have the authority to manage his affairs on his behalf. So that's, good. that's you know, real good. Can I can I interject? Because I know you're giving just some thoughts off top of your head. And I'm just thinking, look, we're dads on purpose. We got dads. We got moms listening. And, I, and I'm just thinking real quick because, OK, I got the will for myself. But what am I doing for my kid within my will? So is there any quick nuggets even for that instance? You know, like they're like, man, I do need a will for my life. How do how does that will protect my kid? You know, what what do they need? Because I'm just thinking ahead. I, I'm, I'm I just that's why I wanted to jump in. But just is there anything parents can do too in their will to get them started in the right path as they look into this for their for their family? Yes. So put a pin in that, but Mm -hmm. the answer is yes, because just so that I completely answer everything that you were saying for uh, at a minimum, you need a durable power of attorney. You need a healthcare power of attorney. You need a HIPAA release. Well, why do I want to give somebody access to my medical records? Again, if your family suspects some type of medical malpractice, Mm. uh, they want your medical records. And if you ever try to get somebody's medical records, that's not yours. That's not going to happen. Right. So so precious time could be wasted when you want to get a second opinion, when you want to get some kind of legal evaluation done on a person and you need those records. Right. And so durable power of attorney, healthcare power of attorney uh, or um, and you sometimes your advanced healthcare directive, which is might be called your living will. That just depends on a person and what they would like to have. And also now your will. Now, to answer your question. Your will for a parent definitely needs to have your guardianship nomination. What guardianship nomination is, who's going to take care of your children when you pass away? I do a whole guardianship package that comes standard with my wills. And like Mm -hmm. I mentioned before, it's like 11 documents because it's very thorough. Okay, who do I want to take care of my kids? Who do I not want to take care of? That's good. (laughs) Because on paper, my brother or sister may look amazing, but I know that there's a domestic violence situation. Mm. I know that this is someone I would never want my children to live with. I don't Mm. care under any circumstances. And I don't want this person trying to fight my mom or dad or whoever for custody of my kids later. So now, who do I want to take care of my children? Oh, I want my sister to take care of my children. But do I want my sister to take care of my children if... My sister, I want my sister and her husband to take care of my children, right? But if something happens to my sister, do I want just her husband to still take care of my children? Mm. Or do I want it to go to my next person, right? It just, it depends. Maybe I have a great relationship with him. I don't care. Maybe I'm like, oh no, absolutely not. <laughs> we need to move on. <laughs> my second person, you know, uh, or second couple. Same thing. If that couple divorces or one of them passes away, do I still want those people to take care of my children? So also in my guardianship bundle, I do um, 
powers of power of attorney, medical power of attorney for your mm-hmm. child. Because if you're away on vacation somewhere looking cute and stunning for the gram, and then your child falls down and breaks a finger, you want grandma or grandpa to be able to take your child to the hospital and get the appropriate services without any issues. And in most instances, they probably will. But why create an opportunity where they're stressed mm-hmm. and to come back right away? They have the document. They have the medical power of attorney to get the care that your child needs. No, um, no additional stress, no trying to fax paperwork to the resort. (laughs) You know, all uh, and all of that. Also, which is what are your priorities? How do you want money spent? What values do you want taught to your children regarding religion, uh, regarding culture? All of these things are part of my garden. I can leave all of that. Yeah, I have a document. We write it. We're going to write it all down. Uh, Wow. well, Bruh, I thought I was doing something. I ain't done none of this. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've been walking around here like my mama go take good care of Kendall. Well, uh, we out here butt naked, bro. <laughs> butt naked. I also have a babysitter instruction sheet because if you're on a date and you don't come back when you said you were because an explosion happened at the restaurant or whatever, right? Um, your babysitter's gonna call 911. Mm. And if your babysitter calls 911, the police are going to take your children into state custody into foster care. Right? What? If they cannot find out where your parents are. No, I get it, but it just, I, I, like, it didn't, it didn't click. Yeah. Now, I'm talking in general, right? The yeah. babysitter, they're not going to leave your kids with the 17-year-old babysitter yeah. Yeah. for an indefinite period of time. No. So now you have double traumatized your children. Mom and dad didn't come home. And now I'm in a state facility until they figure this out, until they can contact grandma and verify that she's grandma and grandma. Like, I don't know where a birth certificate is. You know, I don't, mm-hmm. there's a picture of us together somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I was there when they were born. <laughs> you know, grandma, well, we need a judge to make the determination that you're grandma. And that's going to take until next week, Thursday, till we can get. Oh, wow. Home. And so, so your kids are stuck in state until it's verified. Right. So my babysitter, my babysitter contact sheet says, if you can't reach me, please call this person first. If this person is not available, please call this person. If this person is not available, please call this person. If none of these people are available, please call my lawyer. Do not call 911 until you have contacted one of these people and my children are in their care because we've also I've also created a letter for that person that says you are appointed as a guard. You, I want you to be my guardian in the event something happens to me. And they will have a copy of that letter that's been signed and notarized already. So when law enforcement does show up to find out why mom and dad are not home yet, I have a document that says, oh, I'm allowed to take my nieces. This is from the parents. This has been signed and notarized. We have avoided adding additional trauma um, and stress to your children while we, you know, pull mom and dad out of the road. Siobhan, hey. you got me feeling like a horrible parent. First of all, like I, I feel Siobhan, you didn't say the wrong name this whole episode. I'm I sorry. Said nothing. Hey, <laughs> it's okay. I pre, I, I pre, I, I already said at the beginning, but but no, I really feel like a bad parent. Like, like I, and it's not, it's not even to say like. These are the things that, again, this is education and things that we did not know. But even thinking in our hearts, like, man, I got this in my mind. I got this planned out. I know if something happens, you know, this should be able to happen. But even 
in this day and age in this world, like it's so important. What I've just realized, um, even just with your last statements, was that even though we're living this natural life, there's still some legal things that we mm-hmm. need to do that we were that we haven't been doing as a whole as a community. Like I'm just thinking as a whole community and building families, like to me, this is something that's not this should be like the basis at marriage. Like, hey, how are we go? How we what are we thinking about how we go do this thing that we call life and how we're gonna share our wealth amongst our family? Like, I'm just like, man, I did a horrible job. I was just like, yo, I like you, girl, let's get married. She was like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Now I'm like, dang, I gotta go backtrack and we gotta write some of this stuff down. <laughs> yeah, no, I, the reality is we are all adulting, we're all parents parents. You know, some of us are in relationships, some of us are employees and business owners and sidepreneurs. So uh, this navigating life is complex and exhausting enough as it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So talking about what we're going to do when I die is not a priority for a lot of people. And, yeah. and I understand that. And also there's an information gap, like you said, with respect to that. So now that we have the knowledge, we do have a responsibility to do something because, mm. uh, again, what's the point of everything that we're doing right now if we're going to leave our children in the care of the system, you know, for one week or two months. Uh, You know, you would never want something like that to happen uh, to your children, to your family, to your spouse. So uh, it's, it's very important now that we know at a minimum to get started, you can always update or change your estate plan. Yeah. So uh, we do have a responsibility. So that's why I said estate planning is protecting everyone you love and everything you love. Mm, well, we appreciate you so much. We're we going to shut it down because you know what? Any more information. Look, this is a free podcast. They got to pay for that. Y'all, y'all hit Savannah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Savannah, tell them where, where, where can they find you at? Sure. So my firm is Ezer Legal Solutions. That's E-Z-E-R Legal, L-E-G-A-L dot com. That's my website. Uh, I have an email list that hopefully I get going at some point, <laughs> but you can sign up for it. I'm also on Instagram at Ezer Legal uh, and my personal Instagram. I had another one that got, um, anyway, I already went to it. <laughs> Instagram did away with it. Uh, so I always get confused when I think about my new one, but my new one is The Savvy Mommy. So you can find me on there. And I sprinkle in estate planning content with just food, homemaker stuff, because I recognize that it's kind of a heavy topic. So I don't want to be beating you over the head, everything like, what you going to do when you die? No. <laughs> Dude, I think I need to see that question at least once every week. <laughs> yeah, because the reality is all, all I got to do is stay black and die. And I'm going to die. It's, it's going to happen. We're all yeah. going to do it. And saying that isn't going to make it happen quicker. So we need mm. to get over that. Like saying that mm. doesn't mean I'm going to, it's going to happen tomorrow. Mm. No. No, and even if it does happen tomorrow, then you definitely have an obligation to yeah, absolutely to, to plan for it, to mm. make appropriate plans for it. But talking about it, planning for it is not in our community. I don't know why it's not going to make it any quicker. Your appointed time is your appointed time, so make sure you plan for it. And one thing I've learned is estate planning really makes you appreciate life so much. It really makes you so intentional. Yeah about what you do 
and the relationships you cultivate. If you don't have three people that you want to leave your children with, then it lets you know, hmm, I need to get out there. I need to meet some people (laughs) in my circles because yes, anybody you pick is going to suck. They're not you, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But if Mm -hmm. you can't point to three options, you know, it helps you to let you We got to have three because I got, we got two. We know we got two. I say three. Two is good. Two is good. But I say three because you just never know. You just mm-hmm. never know. You just never know. Uh, mm-hmm. So Because one of them might decide to be holding around and don't be with their family. My kid can't stay with them. That's not in my will. I don't need that. And that, and that might happen. And again, um, people you know now, who you know now, may not be the same person. In Absolutely. Five, may not be the same person in 10 years. They might agree to it now and in 10 years... They might have, you know, a terminal illness and taking on your children is not something that they could navigate. That's good. Well, That's thank good. you for bursting my bubble and making me reevaluate <laughs> my circle. Uh, is that no. Um, is there anything you want to leave everybody with? Like, because you but you didn't, I mean, you probably even shouldn't even you you need to invoice some people. Like, we gonna, I'm gonna put an invoice in the in the description for folks because they, they need to cut you something. Send uh, you a cash out. Uh, What I would like to leave people with is to have these conversations with your partners and with your parents, with your grandparents, with your aunts and uncles. Uh, Don't avoid these conversations. Tell your grandmother, no, you're not plotting to do anything against her. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, but not doing anything is going to cost us time, energy and money. And it might shatter the legacy that you have left behind. You've worked so hard to bring your family together. The last thing you want is your children fighting over stuff. And I've seen it I, time and time again. I mean, just heartbreaking family bickering, uh, rifts and divisions in families that can never be repaired because somebody passed away and didn't take a little bit of time to create an estate plan. Mm. KB, what you got, man? Man. Um it was a, it's a lot that was said, but what resonated with me that I really want people to grasp, get your life together, like mm-hmm. pay your bills, find your taxes, because that's what, to me, that's really important, right? So even if you go and set up this process and you get this stuff taken care of, but your life is still trash, the trash is going to come and take everything away from your kids. Like, mm-hmm. and that's, and that's the unfortunate thing that I feel like we feel like, okay, we got these tools. We're going to implement these tools. We're going to get these tools together, but we're not tying up the loose ends in the back. So if we do pass away, like it's going to get eaten up with all of the stuff that we have to pay. And so I think that's unfortunate because we're showing our kids, we're trying to do right for them just to show at the end that we didn't do what we needed to do. So take care of your personal your personal things in the background. I know it's tough. I know it's hard to look at and go through, but yeah. start working on that stuff now. Mm-hmm. And then part two is it's good. if you got a house, get that trust started. Like, get, and, and to me, the wealth is what we have currently that we can pass on to our kids. So even if that house is ranky danky, get your back end stuff together, put that thing in the trust so it could be in the family. So you at least you know your kids have somewhere they can stay. And I know that's one of the biggest things in my family. Like my mom and my dad has entangled the house to where we can't do nothing with it 
so that we can always have somewhere to stay. And so um, I think that is those are two things that I just think that are really important. Like get your personal life together, your your finances, your taxes, get that stuff together so it doesn't hurt your family in the back end. And then if whatever you have, go ahead. It's not too late to start the trust. You are a millionaire to your kids and to your family. So just go ahead and start it with where you are so that, so we can start ge- generating this wealth and passing it down Big properly. Yeah. Properly. Uh, real quick, Savon, before we, I just need a yes or a no. I don't, I don't need no depends. I don't need elaboration. <laughs> um, the, the, the two to six grand for the trust, does that also include all the other documents you were talking about that you typically would do with the comprehensive, with the wills, with the health, with the HIPAA and all that stuff? For me, yes. Okay. Yeah. That's all I needed. For me, yes. Hey, yeah. y'all know where to reach her, man. This is, bruh, this has been absolutely man. amazing. Like, my mind is blown. I'm about to go talk tomorrow. She's asleep, but I'm going to go wake her up and be like, hey, what are you talking about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, hey, no, baby, man. wake up. Let's talk about death. <laughs> hey, hey let's, let's talk about some death. Make it a priority. That yeah. That is really what I would say. Make it a priority. I could tell you story after story, like you said, a house, somebody passed away. No one had the, uh, no one had the will or the documents to say that they could manage the house. The house got foreclosed on. And now the wealth that this person's children could have had minor children, money could have been used to raise their children to 18 is gone. These are examples of how our wealth, uh, and this was not a wealthy person. Their house probably was their only asset. And now it's gone forever. Their children will never have the benefit of that money. The sister who's raising these children is struggling now and could have could have really used that money because now they have three more children that they didn't have before. Mm-hmm. So I encourage you to make estate planning a priority. Yes, make it a priority. Do the work, y'all. Do the work. Uh, and also do the work on liking this podcast, subscribing to this podcast, sharing this podcast. What we say, Kev, we said last episode, share with 3,000 people. Share, you know what? Find 3,000 people, share with all of them because we're trying to run the numbers up. But um, until next <laughs> week, take care. God bless. We love you. We out of here. <laughs>